Hello, I am Bob Bostock. You are listening to Discover DEP, the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection's official podcast. Each week, we will provide you with timely information about how DEP protects and preserves New Jersey's air, water, land, and natural and historic resources. Please feel free to add this podcast to your iTunes or RSS feed. You can also follow DEP on the web at nj.gov DEP. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to another edition of Discover DEP. You can download Discover DEP and subscribe to future editions through iTunes and Google Play. Today we are joined by Anita Capera, supervisor of DEP's radon section, to discuss radon gas. Radon is a naturally occurring radioactive gas that cannot be seen, smelled, or tasted. But this unwelcome gas can seep into homes and accumulate in enclosed places. January is Radon Awareness Month, and Anita is here to tell us about this dangerous gas and DEP's role in dealing with it to protect public health. Anita, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Bob. Thank you very much for having me. We appreciate the opportunity. We're glad you're here. Anita, tell us about radon. What is it? Well, as you mentioned, radon is a radioactive gas that's naturally occurring in soil and rock everywhere and it is colorless, odorless, and tasteless. The only way to know that you have radon in your homes is to test. So Anita, what kind of tests can be done for radon in someone's home? There are short-term tests and long-term tests. A short-term test is a test that lasts generally two to seven days, and the test is conducted with either a charcoal canister or something called an electret device or a continuous radon monitor and the house needs to remain closed for the entire time that the test is out and if you do the test for four days or less the house needs to be closed 12 hours before the test. That means all windows and doors are closed except for normal entrance and exit. Because you have to give the gas an opportunity to accumulate, I guess, before yes. it can be detected. Yes, the whole idea is radon is coming in through the soil. Uranium is a solid. When it decays, one of the eventual decay products is the radon, which is the gas comes up, and then it gets trapped into the home. That's why it can be a problem. So if we're walking around outside, there must be some radon gas out there as well, but that doesn't pose a safety hazard? No, it's very low outside. It's only about 0.3 picocuries per liter, and that is not a problem at all. But it's the accumulation of the gas yes. that can cause a problem. Absolutely. What are the health effects of uh, too much exposure to radon? The known health effect is that radon can cause lung cancer. Radon is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. It is the second leading cause of lung cancer in smokers. About 21,000 lung cancer deaths per year are caused by radon in the United States. So 21,000 people in the United States every year lose their lives because of excessive radon exposure. That's an estimate, yes. So it's a serious problem. Absolutely. Are there certain areas in New Jersey where radon is more prevalent? Yes. The northwestern part of New Jersey, there's a geologic formation called the Redding Prong, and there's a lot of granite and shale in that area, and therefore more radon because there's uranium in that soil. So there's more radon in that area. However, I brought a copy of the radon tear map that you can see there are high, moderate, and low radon potential areas in New Jersey. We call them tier one is high, tier two is moderate, 
Tier 3 is low radon potential, and that is developed from all of the data that we've received starting in the late 1980s. And we have a link to that map on the description of the podcast, so okay, people that's great. can go and see yes, it. Yes, and the map shows that the northwestern part of New Jersey is mostly red, high radon potential areas, again, because of the granite and shale in that area. But if you do look at the map, there are areas of red and orange, which is moderate radon potential, throughout New Jersey. And you really don't know the radon concentration in your home unless you test. You're neighbor's house could be high and your house could be low. It really just depends on the amount of uranium that's in the soil. Or vice versa, right? You absolutely, can, yeah. absolutely. And if and the, the map is something that we want people to look at and understand that the potential is really there for any part of New Jersey to, to have high radon in a home. So we want everybody to test. Now is there any requirement for testing for radon? There is no requirement for homeowners. Um, for radon testing or fixing your house. There's a law that requires child care centers that are licensed by the state of New Jersey to test the child care center once every five years, and that's the only requirement. And if you're selling or buying a home, it's probably a good idea to get tested for radon before the transaction goes through. Yes, yes, and that's very common, and there are some real estate contracts, mortgage lenders that are putting that into the contract and, and the requirements, but it's not a law or a regulation. So how would, if I were to find radon present in my house, what would I do to address the problem? The main type of we call it a mitigation system that fixes the problem, is a subslab depressurization system. Subslab depressurization system is essentially a PVC pipe that goes through a hole that is cut in the foundation, whether it's the slab or the in the basement, and the PVC pipe would come up and go up through the house, through closets, and into the attic where an encased fan would be put into the pipe and then it exits out through the roof. The other way that it's done off, most often is that it goes, uh, the pipe will come up through the foundation and it goes out through the basement wall to the outside. Then the fan is placed outside and the pipe goes up alongside the house and above the roof line. So the whole idea is that you are taking the radon out from underneath the foundation before it even gets into the home. So the fan is important because it can kind of suck the gas into the pipe that then goes out uh, either through the basement wall and a pipe up the side of the house or up through the house to the roof of the house and then it's dispersed into the atmosphere. Correct. Where it won't cause a problem. Yes. Uh, is it expensive to install one of those systems? It's generally about $1,500. It, it can vary. It can go higher depending on the footprint of the house and how large the basement is and it sometimes can be lower. And that's certainly a small price to pay for making sure that your house is is not filled with radon that could potentially sicken all of the members of the household. Absolutely, and also the testing is quite reasonable in most cases. If a person chooses to do a test themselves, they can purchase a test from a local hardware store or home center, or they can purchase a device from a certified business that's on our website, and they will do mail order to the homeowner. And if they do a do-it-yourself test, generally it would be about $25 to $50, $75. The other option is that the person can hire the certified business and a certified person to do the testing, and then the cost is generally a little bit higher, probably $50 to $200, depending on the kind of device that is used for the testing. 
but again, a good investment, particularly if you live in one of those areas of the state where there is a high likelihood of radon under your, under your home. Absolutely, and most of our testing is conducted during real estate transactions. So I had mentioned that there were the short-term tests for two to seven days, but if people do have the opportunity to do a longer-term test, if a homeowner wants to do a long-term test, they can use an alpha track detector, which would be placed for a period of three to 12 months. In that case, they just do the test under normal living conditions, obviously, and do not have to worry about the windows being shut for that period of time. And that's, so that's why it takes longer to do it, because you've got yes. to give the guests an opportunity to be detected. But a short-term test is just a small snapshot of what your radon concentration is in your home. And if you have the time to do a longer test, it would give you a better idea of radon exposure over a longer period of time throughout the year. If you're building a new home, is there a way to prevent radon from entering the home so you don't have to worry about uh, testing and, and uh, remediating? That's a good question. Radon-resistant new construction is required in homes that are in, we, we mentioned the tier map that New Jersey has created, in the tier one areas, the red high radon potential areas on that map. In all of those municipalities, the New Jersey Building Code requires that radon-resistant construction features are installed in all those homes and schools that are built. And the radon-resistant construction features are essentially a layer of gravel and then a vapor barrier beneath the slab as it's built. And then a PVC pipe is built into the home from beneath that goes through the slab beneath the foundation and then it will go up through the home and generally they'll hide it in closets mm -hmm. and then up through the attic and out through the roof. So that if a high radon concentration is eventually found once the home is tested, it's much easier to install just the fan. They have to cut the pipe out in the attic and install the fan and it's also cheaper. Uh, saves the homeowner some money, probably more around $500 as opposed to $1,500. And a lot less disruptive when you don't have to have people cutting through your floors and walls to install it after the home is finished. Yes, and the one thing that it seems that people don't realize that if they have this radon-resistant new construction in their home, they still need to test. We target certain areas when we know that we need to get the message out, and this is definitely one of them where people have this in their home, they're not really familiar with it, and they just think that they have the radon fixed. Yeah, that's such an important point. So if you have a new home, if you're buying a new home, just because you have the radon-resistant construction does not mean you're mitigating against radon that may be seeping into your home. Absolutely, yes. Anita, you're the supervisor of DEP's radon section. What happens in the radon section? Well, we have two major responsibilities. One is the certification and regulation of all New Jersey radon measurement and mitigation businesses and individuals. We certify approximately 800 businesses and individuals. And we approve and renew their applications on an annual basis and conduct inspections of the businesses to ensure that there is quality testing and mitigation for uh, homeowners in New Jersey. The second major thing that we are responsible for is the education and outreach program to make sure that people are aware of radon and the risk associated with high levels in their homes. So if someone wants to find a certified radon contractor, is the list of the certified people available? Yes, 
Yes, we have a website and the list of certified businesses for both measurement and mitigation is on our website. They can also access a list of the individuals that are certified to conduct radon testing. And that link is on our description of the podcast, so people can just go there and find out the list because you do want to make sure when you're doing something about radon that you have somebody who really knows what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. And the, the regulations require that anybody that does radon testing, radon mitigation, or sells devices, they must be certified. One of the exceptions is a homeowner can do the testing themselves. But in a buyer situation, a buyer is required to hire a certified company to do the testing. And what does it take to get certified? It varies depending on what kind of certification. We have six categories. We have a radon measurement technician, a radon measurement specialist, and a radon measurement business. And then we have those same categories for mitigation as well. A testing business has to have a quality assurance plan and they have to fulfill a number of obligations in order to become certified. And also they uh, are inspected once every two years. So when DEP certifies uh, a business or an individual, we have a high degree of confidence that these are people who know what they're doing. Yes, and the individuals, there are various requirements depending again whether you're a mitigator or a measurement person and whether you're doing the technician job or specialist job, there are various requirements. All of them have to take an exam, pass an exam, take training courses in the beginning, they take annual refresher training courses, and they have various requirements for degrees for some of those and work experience depending on the category. Well, it's good to know that it's such a rigorous process to become certified. That, I think, is very reassuring to people to know that if they have a radon problem, somebody who really knows what they're doing is going to help them mitigate it. Absolutely. Now, January is Radon Awareness Month. Is that in New Jersey or is that nationwide? That's national. And what sort of things will your office be doing to promote radon awareness during the month of January? Well, each year, Governor Christie issues a proclamation so that will be done again. We have already sent a letter to all municipalities. We send what we call the radon action packet that provides them with information about activities that they could do for radon action month, a sample press release, sample proclamation. We also provide them with an order form. Our office has brochures and radon promotional items that we can send to them, so we give them an order form and they can request any kinds of materials that they can use for their activities. That's great. And do you have people on your staff who can go out and give presentations about radon and and what people can do if they want to find out more? The, The other major role that we play is the outreach and education portion and the presentations and exhibits are a way for us to get out there not only to see homeowners but we will go to specific groups such as we went last year to the lung force meeting with the american lung association we will go occasionally to the science teachers conventions we have gone to the builders conventions and real estate conventions so that we can reach out to the individuals that are often working with people that need to be informed about radon. That outreach is so important since, as you mentioned earlier, 30% of the homes in the state have been tested. That means 70% of them have not been. Yes. So the outreach is a very important element of what you do. 
to spread awareness of the potential problem that folks may have in their own home that they're not even aware of. Absolutely, and we have a, you mentioned our website a few times, but we also have an 800 number for people in New Jersey. They can, can reach us at that number, and we get a, about 2,000 calls a year. It's, it's less than it used to be because so many people will now use our website, but we also provide the, that service uh, to the... And what is the 800 number? Our number is 800-648-0394, and if somebody is, is outside of New Jersey, they can call 609-984-5425. Both of those phone numbers are on our description of the podcast, so if people missed it as Anita just shared it, you can find it right on that description, as well as the websites and the link to the map that shows the uh, potential radon uh, sites across the state of New Jersey. So all of these resources are readily available and uh, really important for people to take note of to protect themselves and their family from this odorless, colorless, tasteless gas, which uh, naturally occurs in the environment. So many of the things we worry about in our environment are things that human beings have put there, but this is something that just naturally occurs as uranium uh, decays over time. Yes. Well, this is great. Well, Anita, I'm so pleased that we were able to have you here at the beginning of Radon Awareness Month. A lot of really useful information that you've given to our listeners, and uh, I would urge everyone who is listening to this podcast to, if you have not already had your home tested for radon, and if you have found high levels of radon, if you haven't already mitigated for that, that you do so. This is something that is it's very inexpensive to test. It's something that can be done very easily without a lot of disruption to your daily life, and it could, in fact, end up saving lives. So, Anita, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really interesting and informative and uh, really applaud the work that you and your colleagues are doing in helping to raise awareness about the potential problem that radon poses to homeowners across the state of New Jersey. Thanks so much. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on the podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at dep.nj.gov. Enjoy the rest of your day.